You can now, you're free to go with Hayden um, if you're in high school. He's got amazing things planned for you today. Um, good morning. Before we jump into the Word of God, I just felt this morning during worship that I had a, a word of knowledge for, I just felt specifically there's someone here that in the last couple of days, you felt God's put something in your heart to do, but in the last few days, you felt that you're pulling back from that. You feel that, you, you feel like you should move into more a conservative approach. I just wanted to say, faith is spelt R-I-S-K. It's spelt risk. Our church was founded on risk. It was faith in God, but it was risk. Our church was founded. The founding pastors were in their retirement. When other people were traveling around Australia, they planted a church. And we're here benefiting from that. And so if you're here this morning and you felt like the Lord is, is calling you into a direction and you're not sure and you feel like you're just pulling back, I want to encourage you. That is the word of the Lord. And take some risk. Believe Him. And he will do amazing things. Amen. At the moment, we're in our last week of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. How's everyone doing? Are we hungry? Some of us are. Has anyone been doing a water fast? It's been great. I just wanted to talk a little bit about this week the prayer initiatives we have this week. This week, um, we're really emphasizing prayer in our homes with families. And as the kids go back to school this week, we really want to cover our kids in prayer. And the emphasis for this week is prayer in our homes with our kids, teaching our kids how to pray and let them engage with God. Also, a big focus this week is prayer within the marriages. And so if you've never done this, I encourage you to pray with your spouse. It's incredible what happens, not only because we get to talk to the creator of the universe, but something is built within the marriages as we pray together. And I encourage you to do that. There'll be information going out on the, on the app about how we can be involved in that and some, some information about that prayer. But really believing it's going to be an amazing week. But Wednesday night is a worship night where we're going to gather together and minister to God. And I believe that's 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock here, the worship team's going to lead us in worship, and we're going to come. We're just not going to thank God for what He's done. We're going to thank Him for who He is. And so come Wednesday night, we're going to gather together. On Saturday, 9 a.m., we have a prayer walk, and we're actually splitting the church in a good way. We're going into two schools, and one of those schools is in um, Mandy School, which is Caboolture East State School. We're going to go and prayer walk that school. The other one is Tullawong, who we prayed for this morning, um, Jess in Tullawong High School. And um, if you've never done a prayer walk, come. If you don't like exercise, come and sit and pray. That's fine. But come and be part of something happening. It's incredible what happens when we, we walk and we take territory and we believe God and we declare what God says over our community. Um, yesterday, there was a wild, wild bunch of prayer warriors that walked around the Centenary Lakes. And it was incredible, the things that happened there and what God was doing. So um, 
As you know, this Saturday is actually the last day of the month, which normally we have our prayer from four till seven. Um, that won't be happening, but that will be joint with our prayer walk at nine o'clock. So there's going to be a big turn up and make sure you come and um, we're going to celebrate that. We're going to believe God to do amazing things. Yeah, so all the information will come on the app, but you'll be meeting at the school. Yep. Yep. We're in our series, of course, on prayer and fasting. And a few weeks ago, I shared a quote from a man by the name of Andrew Murray. I want to share that quote again. This is what he says. Prayer is the one hand with which we grasp the invisible. Fasting is the other with which we let go of the visible. Let me say that again. Prayer is the one hand with which we grasp the invisible. Fasting is the other with which we let go of the visible. I love this picture and this quote because it gives us a clear picture of how prayer and fasting actually work together. On one hand, we're believing for God, we're stretching, we're declaring, we're, we're contending for the supernatural things on one hand, and we're leaning into that. But on the other hand, we're actually letting go of something. We're actually letting go of the physical. We're actually letting go of the desirable. We're letting go of these things so that we can gain the very thing that He has for us. And you can just imagine if somebody gives me a $10 note, how many know that I'm going to hold on to that because it's valuable? But if that person then comes later and, 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 hands, and hands me a $100 note, sometimes I have to let go of that to get the more that that person would give me. And sometimes the Lord is calling us in this season of prayer and fasting to let go of something so that He can give us more. Sometimes we're crying out for more, but we're unwilling to let go of what He's asking us to let go of. And in this season, I encourage you, whatever it may be, it may be food, it may be, it may be I think we had someone who was keen about coffee. Um, <laughs> it might be social media, it might be a, various, uh, a number of things where we say, hang on, for this season, we're going to put that to a side to reach for the more that God has for us. This morning I want to spend a few moments and share about what actually happens in the unseen realm through prayer. I don't know about you, but oftentimes we pray and we're believing and we have an amazing time and we come home from prayer meetings, we're encouraged because we're together, we're sensing the presence of God, we're seeing answers to prayer, which we've seen incredible answers the last couple of weeks. But oftentimes, sometimes we give up because we're unaware of what's going on in the spiritual realm. And the Bible does give us some pictures or, 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 or tells us somewhat of what goes on. And so if you can turn to Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10. 
In Daniel chapter 10, we get a picture of, or, or, or somewhat of a picture of what goes, in the, what goes on in the spiritual realm. How many know that we're literally sc- scraping the tip of the iceberg with this? We, don't have a, we really don't have a clue. But the Lord has revealed in Scripture somewhat of goes on, what goes on, and it's important that we gain in knowledge and understanding so that we will persist in prayer, so that we will not give up just before the breakthrough is coming. In Daniel chapter 10, I'm going to start reading from verse 1. It says, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel. Its its message was true, and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. Verse 2, At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food. No meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. On the 24th day of the first month, I was standing on the bank of the great river. I looked up, and there before was a man dressed in linen, with a belt of fine gold around his waist. His body was like topaz, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, And his voice was like the sound of a multitude. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. Those who were with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deeply pale, and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief uh, princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future, for the vision concerns a time yet to come. How many would agree this is a bizarre passage of Scripture? Maybe bizarre is not the great word, but it's a very interesting passage of Scripture. It starts off with Daniel, who's, who's there, and all of a sudden it is revealed to him about the plight of the nation. And in this moment, Daniel decides to set himself to prayer and fasting. In this passage, it doesn't give us a lot of information about his, his prayer and, and, and the content of the prayer, but we know from other passages that it was regular. It was consistent. And here Daniel sets himself to prayer and fasting for 21 days. He takes personal responsibility to the plight, this issue with the nation. 
But it also says here that he engages in a fast. And in this fast, he doesn't eat any desirable foods. And often it's referred to as a Daniel fast. And many people do this. And maybe you're one of those people who have done this in the last couple of weeks of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. A few years ago, I remember the first time I guess I was actually interested in fasting. And I was at Bible college and there was a teacher there and it was, the students were all standing outside the room and were about to go into class and there was a lecturer by the name of Andrew. And he was talking and he was just telling stories about all these amazing things God had done in his life. And he was talking about his business that was like going under and he went and did this 10-day fast and just God provided miraculously for him. And then he was talking about these supernatural connections that came together all from this 10-day fast. And I remember just listening to this thinking, this is incredible. And I was that intrigued after the class, I, I, I found him one-on-one and I said to him, Andrew, tell me more about this 10-day fast. And he said, it's incredible. He said, the things that God does in these times when I fast and pray is incredible. And I said, well, I'm interested. I'm really interested. And then he started talking, because up to that point, I thought a fast was just, the only outcome is you're just hungry. I didn't realize that people see breakthrough and, and, and God speaks to people. And this was amazing. I just thought it's just a time when we have to suffer and we're hungry. And I was intrigued and, I, and, I, and, I, and then he started talking about, you know, and about day four, the toxins come out of your back and you've got to go have hot showers. And I was like, okay, I really enjoyed the testimonies, but now this was getting a bit extreme. And he saw that I wasn't that interested and he said, when you're really interested, come back and talk to me. And I said, yep, great. He said, because when you're ready to fast, we'll have a conversation. And I said, how will I know when I'm ready? And he said, you'll know when you're ready. I said, okay. So about six months later, I was ready because I was hungrier for something I couldn't see than physical food. And it took me six months. And six months, I bailed him up again. I said, tell me about this fast. And I went on a five-day fast. That was the first fast I did. And it was incredible. God did amazing things. But here we see in Daniel chapter 10, That here Daniel, by revelation, he hears the plight of a nation and he sets himself to prayer and fasting. He positions himself to fast and pray. And this is when it gets really bizarre. Because how many know that The scripture doesn't tell us, but I have a feeling that when Daniel's praying and fasting, he's not aware of all this stuff going on in the supernatural. I believe that Daniel's there and he's just like in obedience in response to this, what what, the information he's been told about the plight of a nation. He gets down on his knees. He starts to fast desirable food and he positions himself to cry out to God, to seek his face for the nation. And in that moment, the scripture tells us that all this stuff's going on. And I don't believe that Daniel probably even had a clue what was going on in the supernatural realm. 
But the scripture we read tells us, and this is bizarre because all of a sudden, it says on the first day that Daniel prayed, it was heard in heaven. And God released an angel with the answer to his prayer. Here we have this angel going to Daniel with the answer to the prayer. And here he runs into, it's actually a principality. It's a demonic principality. He, this angel runs into a demonic principality that actually stops the angel delivering the answer to prayer to Daniel. And here we see this picture where Daniel's just faithfully just praying. We don't know the exact time frame, but we do know it took 21 days. And here in this, in this moment, this bizarre story, here Daniel just is faithfully every day, just fasting and praying, seeking God. And then it says that the archangel Michael actually comes to release that angel. And then that angel is released to Daniel with an answer to the prayer. I find this fascinating because I'm glad that Scripture actually gives us a small insight into what happens when we pray. Because this story should actually encourage us in persistence in prayer. If you're like me, you're probably sitting there this morning and you've got more questions after reading this passage. One could be, why didn't God just deliver the message? And then there's so many other questions. But the one question I want to ask this morning is, What would have happened if Daniel didn't persist in prayer and fasting? What would have happened if Daniel didn't persist in prayer and fasting? There was something about his persistence in prayer that actually released the answer to him. What would have happened if Daniel just said, God, I see the plight of the nation, but you're sovereign. You do whatever you will. And so I'm entrusting you, God, to do whatever's right. And what if he sat there and just watched history unfold? What about if he didn't engage in prayer and fasting? It's challenging. What about if Daniel was called for such a time as this? What about if Daniel was strategically positioned in God to stand in the gap for the nation at that time? Maybe you're here this morning and like me, you're like, hey, a workplace I'm in, you know, maybe you're the only Christian there and the environment's not great and you're just like, God, what are you doing? Maybe your position is such a time as this, just like Daniel, to stand in the gap, to position yourself to prayer and fasting and to see the atmosphere over that workplace change. Maybe you're like, oh, well, it's just the neighborhood I live in. I just, you know, the neighbors aren't friendly and it's just, just tough work living in this, this area. There's a, there's a bad culture. Maybe like Daniel, the Lord has called you for such a time as this to stand in the gap, 
and position yourself through prayer and fasting to see a shift in the spiritual atmosphere over your neighborhood. Maybe you're like, well, I'm living in Caboolture. How did, I even enter, how did I even end up living in Caboolture? I would like to propose this morning that the Lord has not made a mistake. That you are here strategically. You're in this church strategically for such a time as this to take personal responsibility to see the atmosphere in our community change through prayer and fasting, through persistence. I wonder how many prayers that we haven't seen the breakthrough because of lack of persistence. This is not a message that we walk out feeling shame. This is actually a message that we should walk out being empowered because it says, hey, we're just going to keep going. Hey, something is shifting. Something is shifting. These passages give us imagery about this war going on in the spiritual realm. I remember when I was a kid, I used to see these comics and I, I at least remember on one occasion I saw this comic and it was like God on one hand with an arm wrestle with, with Satan. And it was like God's there and he's putting 100% of his effort to try and out-wrestle Satan. And there in the comic on the other side is Satan and he's got his horns and he's putting 100% effort and it's like there's this tension back and forth. Who's going to win? Who's going to win? It's like throughout history, it tilts back and forth. I would like to propose that that is a really poor picture of God. God is not at war with Satan. With a single breath, he could wipe out Satan. There's never a morning, there's never a moment that God wakes up and he's intimidated by Satan. But there is a war going on. It is with the angelic and the demonic realm. And maybe you're like, well, why doesn't the Lord just like remove Satan then? Well, that's another whole discussion and a huge topic. But the point is that the Lord has called us as believers of those that have come of our own free will to partner with him to see the works of the enemy destroyed and glorify Jesus. And this is the partnership that we have. Just like Daniel who set himself before the Lord in prayer and fasting to see the history change over a nation. Maybe you're here this morning and you're like, I've been praying, I've been praying, I haven't, I haven't seen the manifestation of the answers to prayer. I would like to propose this morning that something is changing in the spiritual realm. Something is changing. Maybe you're hearing like, hey, there's promises over this church that we're believing for. I would like to propose that something is changing over the spiritual realm in this church in our community. I love this. It's hard when we're the one in the middle of the battle, but I love that God has actually entrusted us to partner with him to destroy the enemy and glorify the name of Jesus. 
maybe someone else's battle. <laughs> um, there's one other principle in, in Daniel chapter 10 that I want to talk about this morning. Um, it's, it's a principle that we see very clearly in this passage that, that Daniel models. Um, and Jensen Franklin coined the phrase, it says, physical obedience brings spiritual release. Physical obedience brings spiritual release. In this story of Daniel in Daniel chapter 10, here we have Daniel who actually did something. He hears that there's a nation in, in, with issues and in plight, in turmoil, and he actually did something. There was a physical manifestation that actually saw the spiritual release over the nation. Sometimes in our culture, we have this thought that, well, I just, you know, I just, I can just praise God in my heart. I can just have joy and there doesn't have to be an outward expression. I would like to propose this morning that there is a power in physical obedience. Carol was talking about it as we, when we received the offering this morning. That as we give, that's a physical way that we give in generosity to God. That's oftentimes that, that when we're here, we, we say, put, we raise our hands. We raise our hands in surrender. How many know that we can be surrendering God within our heart, but there's something about a physical manifestation of what's going on in here being, being shown on the outward? It's more than just looking good. It's not about that at all. It's actually about a posture of faith and a physical outward expression of what's going on in our heart. And here we see that Daniel in these first couple of verses, this is what he did. He didn't just sit there and say, hey, well, God, I entrust the nation with you and we'll just see what happens. He prayed. He got down on his knees. He regularly prayed. But then also he fasted. He put aside the desirable food and he fasted. There was an outward expression. There was outward obedience that actually released something spiritual over the nation. Once again, it's, it's crazy because if you're a logical person, you've got so many questions about this. It's like, well, let's have a look in Exodus chapter 17. Exodus chapter 17, I'm just going to paraphrase here. But Exodus chapter 17 is a story where Moses is the leader of Israel. Israel is in a battle, I think it's with the Amalekites. There's this battle going on and he's standing on the top of a mountain watching. And this is incredible. When he raises his hands, the Israelites win. When he drops his hands they start getting beaten. And so you can understand here, Moses is, he's raising his hands, he's seeing this go on. How many know that he had sinews and muscles just like us in his arms and his flesh started getting tired? He struggled to keep his hands up and all of a sudden they would drop and Israel would start being defeated. How many here, that opens up so many questions for you. It's like, really God? Like, you would allow that just because it's a physical thing that he's struggling with? 
You can see that his heart is there to keep his hands up. So what, I think it was Aaron and her, they got some rocks, they put them under his arms and they held his arms up until Israel won the battle. The point is that there is a power in physical obedience. Let's not try and rationalize everything in our mind because we're not God. We come in simple faith and trust. And when he says, it's time to fast, we say, we'll fast. When he says in a season, hey, it's time to contend for something, we just say yes. Maybe it's time to stand, we stand. Maybe it's time to serve, we serve. Whatever it is that he's asking us to do, maybe it's time to give. Let's be people that don't try and work it all out, but we just say yes to him. Because physical obedience brings a spiritual release. We see that in the life of Daniel. He models so clearly for us that in Daniel chapter 10, there was something of this obedience to God that brought about a shift in the atmosphere over that nation. This morning I want to pray for us all and I particularly want to pray for grace to come upon us of hunger. That we would be a people of insatiable hunger that hunger more for the invisible than the visible. That there would be such a hunger that would grow up inside of us that we would just say yes to Him. So as a prophetic act and as an act of obedience, I just want you to stretch your hands out in front of you this morning. Once again, God can touch you without doing this. But it's also a step of faith to posture ourselves and say, God, I actually want to receive the very thing that you've got for me. It takes humility for us to outstretch our arms and say, God, whatever you have for me this morning, I'm ready to receive. So Lord, we just thank you for that grace to settle upon us this morning. I just thank you, Lord, for every person here with their arms outstretched, just ready to receive from you. God, I just pray for a, a, a gift of grace, of hunger to settle upon us all, that, Lord, there would be such an insatiable hunger to seek you, to be people that want to hear your voice. What season are we in? Is it a season where we, where we push back from the desirable things to, 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 to seek you? Is it a season that you're calling us to sacrifice something, to seek your face, to pray and fast for a breakthrough to happen? Lord, I just thank you for hunger, a supernatural gift of hunger to settle upon us all in Jesus' name. Amen. Just while we're in an attitude of prayer. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, 
you don't know this perfect father who's defeated everything, who's defeated the enemy, who at the cross paid the, the full payment for your sin so that you could be in right standing with the father. If that's you this morning and you say to me, Ben, I've, 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 never, I've never come to that place of forgiveness. I've never had my sins forgiven. If that's you there, would you just raise your hand? I want to include you in a prayer. Anyone here this morning that just says, yes, I want to come back to Jesus this morning. Anyone this morning, just quickly before we move on. Anyone quickly. Just want to say yes to Jesus. A brand new start this morning. Amen. It looks like everyone knows, knows the Lord, which is amazing. just as we finish up our service this morning. If you want prayer for anything this morning, we're going to close the service now and we're going to keep, keep the front here open. In the last couple of weeks, we've seen incredible testimonies about what God has done in people's lives. We've seen bodies being healed. We've seen ears being healed, cancer being healed. We've seen people getting jobs. We've seen... Um, issues and relationships restored and I'm sure there's many more if you want someone to believe for you the prayer team's going to be here at the end of the service and they're going to pray full of faith and believe God to see those impossibilities bow their their knee to the name of Jesus I think that's all today Um, make sure you hang around for coffee the cafe will be open now thank you again for coming Uh, Have an amazing week and I'm sure we'll see you during the week.